This is a tribute to the great Michael Scott, who at the time was doing a tribute to the great Adam Sandler. Also masturbating. I was very lonely. I thought I needed some help. Then my friend John said I got this podcast where I talk about movies. Come join on. It'll really be a doozy. Groundhog Day, anyone? So now we do this podcast where we try to be funny. We only do it once a month. Cause we don't make any money Me in Chicago And John in Denver The first time we talked for three hours It was like we were on a bender Talking movies, old ones and modern. Maybe one day we'll do a series on Harry fucking Potter. Probably not, cause that'd be dumb. So listen to us in the shower or in your car. If it sounds like we're having fun, it's cause we're on drugs. No, it's cause we are. Now is time for me to wrap the song up. John and I did a series on Akira Kurosawa. Kurosawa, 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 Kurosawa. Sorry for putting everyone through that. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, well, Luke, have you seen anything, uh, seen anything, a new release, I guess, of, of Note that you want to talk about at all? Um, yeah. I've, well, today I watched uh, a movie that was on your least favorite films of 2018 list, uh, Hurricane Heist. Hurricane Heist. It's not, yeah. it's not the newest release, but it you know it was made in the last uh, year or so. Yeah, recent. Yeah, yeah. and I, I've, 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 it was one of those where I, I wanted to watch it mainly because just so I could tell people I know who've seen it that I watched it and like, you know, talk about it a little yep. bit. Yeah, because it did sound fun and stupid, and you know, <laughs> it was, it was, it was fun and stupid. I, fun and there, stupid. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff in it where I was just like, I don't really. I really, why do I give a shit about this at <laughs> <Yeah>. all? <laughs> but like, yeah, right. I, I, uh, I stuck with it for sure. The special just, effects scenes are worth it in itself. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like Netflix definitely pumps out a lot of those just, oh, I don't even, was this a Netflix movie? Maybe it wasn't. I don't but think it's on so. Netflix. I think it was an A24 um, movie. Was it really? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're about to blow my mind right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just uh, 
just right from the beginning, you know, these two kids, uh, like they witness their father dying in the hurricane. If I remember yeah. this correctly. Yeah. And then yeah. that becomes like their passion. Like if I was one of those kids, I would never yeah. be near a hurricane, a hurricane again. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Then they grow into a weird, a weird yeah. couple of young men. And yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely not moving off my worst of 2018 list. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of not so good Netflix or movies that are on Netflix, I also watched Murder Mystery, the oh, new Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler Jennifer movie, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, I'm which think- apparently like 30 million people watched it the first weekend it was on Netflix, mm. which is like the record for, I mean, the most views in a in a opening weekend for a Netflix movie. Yeah, that's got to um, beat some like box office numbers for this year for some like great movies. Like, yeah, I feel like right. As so a, yeah, I saw a lot of like headlines saying that if it was released in theaters, it would have got you know gajillion dollars or whatever. But I also think that I don't see it people, that way. Yeah, yeah, most people probably watched it because it was on Netflix, so they could just watch it at home. Yeah, I feel like that's just, like, a the quick Sandler crowd long. that likes those movies are the yeah. lazy crowd that likes the lazy comedies and. <laughs> Yeah. And the fact that they can just watch him so easily on Netflix without think, without thinking, because they're also just at the top of the the you know the site always you know ready you can just watch mm-hmm. it right away and yeah that's why he's perfect for Adam Sandler's perfect for Netflix he right? is he had that huge deal with them yeah he's kind of on a Netflix tear yeah yeah but it wasn't uh, it wasn't like absolutely wasn't the horrible. Worst, the worst or anything like that. Yeah, because I did really. I mean, I really like Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. I mean, they're just likable overall. But uh, yeah, it just at the end of it, it's just I don't know. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah. I think you can tell what it's going to be. Yeah, just based definitely. on seeing Part of trailer me wants or anything, to watch you know. it just to watch that type of movie because it's mm-hmm. the summertime. Right, yeah. Like I watched Wine Country yesterday and oh, I was not one, yeah. yeah, I wasn't that into that, but I yeah. I was like <laughs> Me But I was like but I was like, I'll support Amy Poehler and uh, you know yeah. a nice summer wine country movie, you know, it's Paul Thomas Anderson's wife in it, you know, like Yeah, Maya Rudolph, yeah. And it it, yeah. it it wasn't like totally, you know, unlikable at all, you know, either. It's, I love all those. All there was those women not in it anything to really dislike at all, but I also just was not that into any into it that much either. You know, I definitely yeah. chuckled a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are all really funny women, and they're yeah really great in other things. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I actually, I really like Jason Jason Schwartzman in that. I thought he was. Oh yeah, yeah, the fish, the fish guy. Yeah, (laughs) he's probably my favorite part of that. Yeah, making the paella the whole time. Yeah, Yeah, that that was was a. um, That's probably an underrated uh, performance in that movie. Yeah, probably. That was like my favorite running joke through the whole. Yeah, it was funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, the rest of it. I mean, it's it's just kind of sad also to watch that and murder mystery, and it's just yeah, all these people growing up who are so amazing and whatever they were doing. Yeah, yeah, it's all these people who are friends that just want to have. They, you could tell they just want to hang out together and make it yeah. a movie and don't really care. It's just because just making movies is fun for them because they just get to act yeah. with their friends, which I yeah, I, for... I do get. But the I, the viewer the viewer is not sharing in the fun they're having. No, for sure. definitely not. 
Yeah, Adam Sandler wanted to take his family on a vacation to Europe. So he just decided, okay, what like Netflix movie can we just you know be 90 a fun minute way to do movie that? Make out of this? <laughs> yeah, you know it would be a fun way to do that. I'll make this I'll make the week of with Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll write this Rock. I'll write yeah. the script in 35 minutes and we'll get Same it started. Same with grown-ups too. Yeah. Yeah. Grown-ups is like, okay, let's get all all my buddies and we'll just go on like a vacation with our, all our families and make a movie out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the other hand though, he has the Netflix uh comedy specials going. He's got another one coming yeah. out, so on that end he is really what doing really well just like from a creative perspective yeah purely. yeah because those uh those comedy specials are phenomenal and he hosted snl recently too and actually that was yeah um it was good snl hasn't had the strongest season i'd say this year but uh yeah he had a great episode on there and he did the chris farley song and everything yep uh yeah um so i guess nice. Moving on to good movies I've seen lately, yeah. Um, especially in the comedy department, I saw uh, Booksmart. Booksmart, uh, I want to see that yeah, so bad. The, mm-hmm. the talk of the town, Booksmart. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, and it was. Um, we're doing a podcast today on uh, soundtracks, scores, and this one, this film had like an impressive number of just great like needle drops with all the songs they had Sweet. you know like yeah like they all match like it was all really modern and you know, matched up really well with like what's going on in, in the scene and just yeah for just great jam songs you know it's just made it made it a really fun movie which it already is because the ma- the two main characters are really fun and funny and stuff like that and there's a lot of heart to this movie and yeah it's got good good comedic edge to it nice yeah yeah Yeah, no i've only heard really great things about it so i'm dying to see it the uh i'm fortunate enough to live right by a movie theater but i I was actually checking times because for some reason in colorado this summer it's been raining on every single weekend um, sunny during the week when i sit in an office but um the theater right by us they had two showings last weekend on saturday and sunday and it was either 9 30 a.m or 10 50 p.m it was the only two showings yeah so uh yeah needless to say i didn't want to go to either of those but it's it's like a studio comedy too um yeah it should have wide very wide uh distribution it's like produced by uh adam mckay and will ferrell i know Mm -hmm. um and Olivia Wilde's a big name mm-hmm. who directed it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's almost like it has the distribution of an indie movie almost. But it's true, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's not doing like as great as it could. But yeah, definitely my one of my favorites of the year. Nice for sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, just based on what I've heard and what I've seen, I, I assume it'll probably be up my alley. But uh, but yeah, that's that's definitely on my list for this year. Uh, and I guess the other one I saw um, that uh, that came out this year is Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Oh yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I think it was uh, I think it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I will be honest. I, uh, I I did take something before I I saw it that en- to enhance the viewing pleasure. 
Oh, lovely. Uh, if you catch my drift, but uh, and I don't really remember a whole lot of what happened, but I, I think I had a good time and enjoyed it. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's got a great cast and a lot of really popular people in it right now. Um, yeah, it's just it's basically CGI monsters fighting each other. Yeah, I've um, heard I've heard many yeah. not so, not so good things about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, I think the the one that came out before this was uh, was a little better, but uh, yeah, I you know I think this one was all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good you had fun. Yeah, there we go. That's all that matters. Um, but uh, but yeah, also super weird and not uh, you know, it's not winning any awards, obviously. But uh, yeah, yeah. I watched a weird movie on the plane called uh, Serenity with um, oh, Matthew Anne McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. And I must say, it's I'm not sure, like, I'm not even totally sure how I feel about it because I, like, like it. And there's so many things I don't like about it at the same time. But I was also really entertained. And I'm not sure how you will feel about it either. <laughs> <laughs> but I must say, it is so worth checking out. It is, like... Really? One of the weirdest films. Yeah. I remember going to the theater at the end of last year and seeing a ton of trailers. Basically every single movie you saw, you know, at the end of the year last year had a trailer for this. And it looked bizarre. Yes. And I know it came bizarre. out and had horrible reviews. But uh I was still yeah, I was definitely still intrigued to, yeah. to see what it was all about. It's also got it's got a it's got like a Shyamalan twist, which like depending on how you feel about that will make or break the movie for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you'll just, I just like, couldn't believe that like this movie was doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I really just couldn't. I was just like, had my mouth open for the rest of the film. Once like this, like certain plot point was dropped into the mix. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Okay, interesting. It's definitely it's uh it's on my list now. Like I think it's one it that I could like end up like watching more again and like just studying more. It's really an interesting movie. Really? Okay. Yeah, cuz on one end it's like totally stupid, but it's also like kind of really interesting, really campy and fun and like in a way in a way you could almost argue if you look at it a certain way it, it nails like the ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a weird one yeah i was definitely intrigued by the uh the whatchamacallit um the trailer but yeah okay i'm gonna have to check that out that came out like in january or something so i'm sure that'll be streaming something yeah probably nobody saw soon. it because nobody goes to the movies in january and Accurate, i definitely yeah. wasn't gonna leave my house to go see serenity <laughs> <laughs> yeah well nice there's a there's a big update for uh, you know movies that come out this year, and now we're in the the dog days of summer. We're getting there, so there's gonna be plenty of <laughs> plenty more movies. Toy Story came out. Toy Story just came yeah. out, yeah, yeah, and uh, some other things. Men in Black came out. I heard that's um, pretty awful. So uh, I watched yeah, all also... I watched all the like hype around it for the NBA Finals. Because oh, every God, NBA yeah. Finals game, there was an like eight ads, every <laughs> yeah. commercial, and I was like, yeah, you know, I was all. like, I kind of want to see this now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you watch every game, you know, six games, you see the commercials probably like, yeah. you know, eighty times in that span. So eventually, you're like, oh, 
think I'll see it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's Hollywood marketing at its finest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's gonna be there's gonna be plenty of not so good uh, what sequels and reboots that Hollywood loves to do. But uh, yeah, there's also some great ones coming up soon, or at least ones that I'm pretty excited about. Um, but yeah, should we? Yeah, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. I want to see uh, Hobbs and Shaw so bad. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, at both at the end of the um, month. Yeah, so yeah, July is going to be a, a big month. Well, should we uh, should we get into this week's this week's episode? Top, yeah, the topic. <laughs> All right. So this week we're doing we've teased this quite a bit uh, this year, but we're going to go into the top five soundtracks and the top five scores. Yeah, giving the people what they I. want. Yes, yes, all of you demanded it, so we're giving it to you now. And uh, <laughs> I want to see the ratings skyrocket after this. Yeah, it is going to be. I mean, really, our our top episode um, that we've done is our top ten. People love a good list. A good you know? list, yeah. It's it's the least like unique thing you can do, but it's the most desired. It's I guess, us. I yeah, say. we're selling out to the public. Yeah. Yeah, that's no right. more Kurosawa and, and but you know ne- they always do a top ten list, and we're gonna change it up and do two top five lists instead of one which top equals 10 list. a top ten list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're really just like throwing a curveball here on the whole top ten theme. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think in that when we did our top ten, we noticed that a lot of our favorite movies all have like really great music Yeah, or music was a big part of it. So I think that definitely, uh, I think that definitely played a role in wanting to do this topic too, um, which was easily our most, for me, our most difficult topic, just figuring out which of these fit into my top five. Yes. Um, yeah. The most I've gonna... worked all year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I'm exhausted. Uh, and that's why it took so long to uh, to get to this one because it uh, yeah it just takes a lot of a lot of planning. Yeah, we've been you know, plugging in deal. algorithms to find our favorite <laughs> soundtracks. We've been studying our dopamine levels when we listen to each <laughs> soundtrack <laughs> to see where they peak the most. <laughs> yeah, and so this is our findings. These are this is our results, and we're going to start out with top five scores. Now, Luke, I, I mean, I don't know about you, I didn't really go for. I'm sure you're the same because we we talked about this earlier, but I didn't go for you know what are what are really the top five greatest scores ever written in the history of mankind. <laughs> I went with what are my favorites. So uh, so yeah, and I also tried to go with a, a little bit of a different theme for for each of them. So yeah, I went with my favorites as well, but I also mm-hmm. can make an argument that these are the greatest scores ever written known to mankind. <laughs> I'm gonna True. try to argue for both. Yeah, and I definitely have a lot of honorable mentions. I'm going to try too. to be ambitious and so. down to earth at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then let's uh let's dive right in. Do you want to do you want to start us off with your number 5? Sure. Yeah, my number 5 is a favorite <laughs> and also an <laughs> iconic score. It is uh John Carpenter's Halloween. Oh, which is all, nice. you know, also, you know, not only his movie but also his score yeah um like he's this, done that with a lot of his movies right he does yeah he usually does um, the score too yeah and you can tell because it's all like the same style and 
really mm-hmm. minimalist. Like uh, they live is you could definitely tell. I think Big Trouble in Little China you can also very much tell. It's a lot of just to- piano tones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like dun 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 dun, <laughs> you know, yeah. over and over again. Yeah, like for this one, it was like between something like this or like like a cl- real classic blockbuster movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like that was like big for my childhood and growth in cinema. So like it was like between like this, it was between Star Wars, it was between <laughs> Blade Runner and, and Taxi mm-hmm. Driver, stuff like that. But I ended up going with this just because... Um, this score, this is still a movie I watch every year, and it, um, the score just has aged perfectly well. As simple as simple as it is, like every time I start the movie and the score begins, um, I just like immediately get like a tingle down my back. I'm just like, oh, yeah. this movie's scary, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like every time, you know. And um, and it, I just do think it adds so much to the um, indie feel of the movie. Um, and just, just like along with the cinematography and the use of shadows and everything, that just give this movie such a um, a rewatchable, scary feel feel to it. And it's one of the best horror films of all time, and definitely one of the best horror soundtracks of all time. And and I mean, it was obviously they didn't change the score ever for any of the rest. They've made like ten more Halloween movies, and they always use that same one. Of course, it's like it's like a, you know, a opening song to a TV show, you know, it's that like iconic Mm -hmm. and re-listenable, you know, that just grows on you. And, uh, yeah. Halloween. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's definitely, um, in my opinion, one of the top two best, uh, horror film scores. And that's one that literally everybody knows when you hear it, everyone knows whether or not they've even seen the movie. Um, and it just and right away it's associated with horror or yeah. Halloween, the holiday of Halloween in general too. Um, yeah, have you seen the uh, the? Mo- I assume you have the most recent Halloween. Yes. yes yeah. I did. How was that? I haven't seen that yet, but I saw it's on <laughs> it was, HBO. It was, so I want to check it, it was out. good, entertaining. Um, I saw it alone in the theater. Mm. That was weird. Extra spooky. <laughs> it was in a big arc light theater as well. And Ooh. so it was really scary. <laughs> I must say <laughs> it's not even that scary of a horror movie, but when you go into a theater alone and like, I didn't even think like, Oh yeah. Like normally there's no one here at the theater during the day and I'm seeing a horror film. Like mm-hmm. this could be really scary. And it was, yeah, <laughs> nice. it was really dark in the theater <laughs> and there's just aisles and aisles and it's just you and, you're watching Michael Myers just pop up on people on screen. It was pretty, it was pretty scary, yeah. but fun. Yeah. I definitely would sit in the back row for that. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, actually Halloween. Uh, I remember the first time I saw Halloween and it was actually back in high school at your house. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> that was your first, I think I remember that. It just popped into my head after you yeah. started talking about it. Showed mm-hmm. you and uh, Zach Price. Plug, yeah. <laughs> plug Zach Price onto the podcast. Yeah. Plug Zach. He probably wouldn't have a top fi- uh, top favorite scores to add, but it's uh, too bad. Who knows? This might have been. This might have maybe been Halloween stuck with him, and it's in his top his top five as well. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one that's uh, yeah, it's so iconic. I think uh, I'm glad you picked it. Yeah, that's uh, that's such a good one. 
and now it's making me want to watch Halloween again. So yeah, great. Um, all right, your number five then. All right, my number five is one that if you asked me this question on, on the spot and I gave you my top five, it probably wouldn't have been in there. But I went back and listened to a lot of different scores that I remember liking. Um, yeah, some, and some good research. Yeah, yeah, some some research. That's what, we did a lot of work for this one. So I found one that I really uh, really enjoyed watching and then listened to again, and it reminded me of um, you know why I liked this movie so much. So it's my number five is Grand Budapest Hotel mm. by Alexander Desplats. Yeah, I I, I wasn't um, expecting that one for <laughs> you and, know? Uh, yeah i wasn't yeah. either yeah and uh and yeah i think um obviously Desplat has done uh, a lot of movies especially recently and uh he has a lot of wes anderson movies, right which i lo- i also love the fantastic mr fox um score which he did um and i felt like the grand budapest hotel something i, I do love about wes anderson movies is just the quirkiness and of course, there's a lot of style. Yeah, um, and it definitely that definitely adds it adds to to it in that movie, for sure. It's yeah, a very it's a very goofy score. For how unique and um, I guess specific Wes Anderson's style is to him, you have to have a score that really fits that well. And um, yeah, and I think this is of all the ones he's done for um, for Wes Anderson films, this is probably my favorite. It just fits that quirkiness so well. It's that eastern european type yeah yeah feel but also just a like fun harpsichord um, and like harpsichord, what are those yeah. what are those like instruments that the beatles would play when they were going for that eastern european feel those uh, long string instruments i don't know but lots of those yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. harpsichord and stuff like that harpsichord. <laughs> long strings um but but yeah and i i felt like that just really captured the feel of the uh of the setting and just the style of uh of the movie too and definitely um, yeah and it's it's really the the scores that really stand out to me is when you like really remember them and that sticks with you and it makes the it enhances the viewing pleasure um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah because there are a lot of times where i feel like movies do they just have a stand sometimes movies just have a standard score that it's like this is the like stock music for like a tense moment or this is for like (laughs) fun this is for like a road trip or something yeah um yeah so i feel like it was definitely it's very um meticulously planned out to uh Mm -hmm. just to fit wes anderson's style and everything so no uh, definitely i agree yeah yeah wes anderson's movies always have great music for sure, yeah. And you know, I just it's music think, I can I listen to while doing him. whatever. Yeah, Royal Tenenbaums mm-hmm. has a really like feel good score for sure. Yeah. Same with Fantastic Mr. Fox, that adventurous feel. Yeah. And then <laughs> I love feel I Dogs kind of has like an Akira Kurosawa score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Despot did that one too. That one uh, was a little different. Um, yeah, yeah. Most of them are, are definitely feel good and easy to listen to while working or just doing whatever. So. Yeah, that's my number five. All right, do you want to move on to number four now? Number four. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'll do my number four. My number four is uh, it's from a film you just recently watched. Uh, It's from The Master by Johnny Greenwood. Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, definitely, I thought of this like really early on. Actually, like when I was Mm -hmm. trying to make a list for this a month, like few weeks back 
when I was like, we should do the best scores list. I'm going to write them down. And this one like was one of the first ones that came up just because uh-huh. I, I knew I had to have a, you know, a Johnny Greenwood, Paul Thomas Anderson score. Um, but I, like, like this, I just picked this one because I do love them all like in hair and vice and there will be blood and the phantom thread are all great. But this one just like really stands out to me. I've definitely like re-listened to it the most um, mm-hmm. out of all of them. And that, that really definitely plays in for me when I'm picking these. Like I, I just kind of can like think back to, to like what I type in on Spotify, you know, which score do I listen to the most? And that definitely factored in, into a lot of these. And yeah, the ma- the master, it has that, you know, it just has that, it gets, has, it gets you um, into that like time period, especially um, and just all, it, all the subtleties and the overtones that it uses, uh, really enhances this movie in the way in like a similar way that I feel like the acting does where it just Mm -hmm. makes like Paul Thomas Anderson look like more of a genius than like his script even was because like they do, there's so much uh, nuance added to the movie. And yeah, that's just how I feel about the score. Like it, 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 yeah, it's not, it's not even that noticeable. I feel like, but it's just got this like, this feel to it like this there it like there's something important really going on yeah <laughs> yeah nice i actually uh i i watched there will be blood in preparation for this podcast because i knew you would uh i, I figured you would have a johnny greenwood score in here so i wanted to typical uh, me it, yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah i love it i there will be blood had an amazing um score as well and the master so good and i feel i know we've talked about this before too i feel johnny greenwood just radiohead in general is a good like music comparison to paul thomas anderson in a way yeah so i feel like johnny greenwood would probably i mean obviously i've never met either of them but i feel like they probably are on the same page i feel like he'd like what i have to say here (laughs) yeah i feel like he'd agree with me Yeah, yeah, we you know we'd have some beers and talk about this. He'd agree with me. I feel like they like artistically, creatively have, um, in a way, similar mindsets or just yeah. similar. They're yeah. both very ambitious and focused guys. Yes, yeah, and they and I they both have very, I would say, distinct taste or, mm-hmm. yeah, or visions for right for something. So. Yeah, I definitely I feel like they're a perfect a perfect match. And then of course Paul Thomas Anderson does uh some Radiohead music videos too. Yeah. yeah, it's just I feel like they're if you're trying to explain to someone what Paul Thomas Anderson movies are like, they're like it's like Radiohead music in a way. That yeah. it's a bit of an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. You might not yeah, it's not you're not going to see a Steven Spielberg movie, that's for sure. So Yeah. I'm I'm excited yeah. that you watched There Will Be Blood. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I had a feeling like that'd be that's like one that when you that's one that like really comes easily, you know, it's like easier mm-hmm. than the other ones. And yeah, so I figured yes. you'd, you'd enjoy it a lot. So yeah, it's, loved a, it. it's yeah. a nice piece of acting. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amazing. I feel like Paul Dano, this is obviously a completely different subject than uh, the scores, but I feel like Paul Dano doesn't get enough credit for uh, his acting in that too. Oh yeah. He's like so, he's... he's so good and so intense in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just cause he's being towered over by Daniel day Lewis, the whole film exactly and being mm-hmm. beat around and that he has such a towering performance that Dano doesn't get as much credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he goes, but, to- yeah, those are he all goes toe scores. to toe with him, like the whole movie. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And, and with Johnny Greenwood scores, I feel like, you know, he's still, uh, 
he's still kind of in a way i mean obviously there will be blood came out over 10 years ago but i feel like he's still sort of newish in a way to film scores um, yeah and i he's feel got like a lot a lot more to go i guess yeah i feel like down the road there's probably oscars coming his way um and everything like that. yeah i would say so as well yeah so i guess well, we should uh, uh take a commercial break we will we will go into our our first break here, and then we'll be back with with my number four. We want to leave the suspense because my number four is amazing. Is really so, something, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll wait. be back right after this. We are back, and it's with time number four to finish off number four for the top five scores. And uh, mine, I'm going with The Incredibles. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Good for you, John. That was a good one. <laughs> Thanks. I, uh, honestly, I, I think Pixar really knocks it out of the park with all of their, yeah. with the majority of their scores that they use. Um, and this is probably my favorite. Um, and so, you know, Toy Story 4 just came out, so I was kind of thinking about Pixar. And um, I think Michael Cicchino, who did this one, he's definitely one of the... He's one of the big names as far as film score comes um, nowadays. And um, yeah, The Incredibles. That's one that's always gets stuck in your head. It's easily memorable. Um, and I just love the love the feel of it. It has this great, like, almost feels like a Sean the, Connery yeah. Bond movie in yeah, a way. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, or like a just 70s feel jazz yeah. 70s jazzy detective thing detective yeah yeah definitely felt like that too just action-packed like detective type yeah old school music um and uh i read up a little bit more about it and yeah that's really like the feel they were going for and it uh, like hit the nail on the head and uh he's also he's, he's done some other great scores for like pixar movies like uh like up ratatouille um and uh, and some other films that have come out recently, but uh, yeah, yeah, The Incredibles yeah. is such a good one. The Incredibles one is one of those too. movies where I really just think everything is gold in it, and yeah, the score mm-hmm. the score goes right hand in hand with that. You know, just everything yeah. is perfection to me in The Incredibles. Definitely my favorite Pixar and or just just animated thing probably ever created. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and that's I also agree. It's also very, you know, everything really comes together in that and makes it makes it almost a perfect film. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember when I was a kid yeah. and like the opening the opening credits started and like the music began, like mm-hmm. you're like you're like, you know, I just knew at that time I'm like, wow, I'm really getting into something here. Something that's yeah. gonna really be important for me in the <laughs> short and long term. <laughs> In, in a couple in a in a couple decades, when I'm doing a podcast, I'm gonna pick it as I'm gonna... my score. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I was thinking. Podcasts weren't even a thing back then. Maybe they were. I don't even. One day know. I'll be able to express myself online. <laughs> I gotta tell people about this on the internet. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and even the, I mean, obviously the theme is so memorable, but I even love those moments. Um, you know where being very stealthy or you know yeah. sneaking around and the even the score then it yeah it's it sounds like a great um just old like mystery too yeah yeah so i love i love the uh the montage where he's uh he's sneaking around and pretending to be at his office job 
and yes. it's like a it's like an old big band like like you know mm-hmm. Tony Williams Frank Sinatra thing. It's like da 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 da. It's so awesome. Yeah, um, oh, it just fits so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, phenomenal that's... film, phenomenal score. Phenomenal film, phenomenal score. That's my number four, The Incredibles. All right, let's move so on number to number three. three. So this is one of those that like kind of blends the line between score and soundtrack, so I wasn't sure where to put it. I just mm-hmm. I knew it had to be on some list. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll know. I don't know. But oh. uh, uh, my number three is uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I picked that as one of my favorite soundtracks. Yeah, I, so, I wasn't I wasn't sure because But that is so tough. Yeah. It it did it did say like when I looked it up on Spotify that it's the soundtrack of Inside Lewin Davis, but See, that's what that's they where, also, yeah, it like, wrote, they also wrote it for the film, but it's also like it's not played in the background of the film. It's played, you know, mm-hmm. for every, everyone to hears it. So, yeah, it's... There's also... Some of them are, are taken from... I would almost say that it's more of a soundtrack because some of the songs were taken from, like, a, an old folk guy, mm. Dave Van Ronk. Right. But they at the same time, they're not the same song. Like, they kind of they made it their own and everything right. too so i don't know yeah just let's like, talk about it now because it's <laughs> i think it get it out of the way first of all, scores and soundtracks in general are kind of i don't know those murky water so yeah yeah they're kind of like poo poo <laughs> like, yeah the meaning doesn't matter it's whatever you want it to be dude. yeah just let us do yeah. our thing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah inside lou and davis yeah i mean this one had to be on there because uh <laughs> it's great and yes. I, I listen to it all the time uh and it's usually the video clips because that's where the it sounds the best to me and mm. usually where you know when oscar isaac's singing or justin timberlake singing in this film is like what you know it's like what you're waiting for and then like all the other stuff is just a journey for him to get back on stage and yeah just like the amount of emotions you feel during um this soundtrack <laughs> um is yeah like it, it, there's like fun there's there's funny songs there's very sad songs there's even sadder songs and the, there's there's just songs that straight up make you smile like the song a thousand miles <laughs> um mm-hmm. with jt yeah it's just like i yeah i, I love this is one of my favorite movies and it's a movie movie based around live music uh so yeah had to be on here yeah and i agree that's why it's uh, spoiler alert! It's also on my it's on my top five soundtracks. So there, I think that's perfect because we we, we covered cover both, both ends. Yeah, inside yeah. Lou Davis stands on both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I uh, I can't agree more because uh, the yeah the music is just something that resonates with me so much. It's just it's it makes that movie what it is in a way. It's obviously like the the narrative of the entire thing is. Um, uh, it's so effective, and uh, I just I love that part so much. But the music really just sets the tone for the whole the whole thing right from the beginning when it's just Lewin in the in the cafe yep. singing. I think it's "Hang Me." It starts with "Hang Me." Yeah, "Hang oh, Me, Oh, Hang, hang me. me." And right from there, and um, 
Well, I guess when I, I obviously love Coen Brothers movies and everything, and when I saw the trailers for this and every and all that, I wasn't super sold that I would love it. I was like, it's probably it's obviously going to be a, a great movie because it's Coen Brothers, um, but I just didn't know if it was really going to like strike a chord with me. And then right from the beginning, when he's when Oscar Isaac is singing "Hang Me, Oh Hang Me," I was like, okay, I'm in this. Like this is like. <laughs> I am crying. Right oh wait, now. this movie's amazing. This is, oh my god. <laughs> Forget what I said. Yeah. I am emotionally stricken right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, god, the movie, yeah. The movie's gold and the way they shoot him like uh singing and playing under those lights in the mm-hmm. in the bar and like just every time he plays, you know, yeah, they nail it every time. Every single song is so good. Every single song. Like, yeah. Yeah, it it hits me somehow. Um, and Oscar Isaac is an amazing singer too. I know, I know right? <laughs> yeah. What can't that guy do? He's got it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even. I, I don't know what else to say. I saw. I watched Inside Lewin Davis again recently, and that's becoming one that I can just rewatch whenever. I know it's so not easy. Not get tired of it. It's so mm-hmm. easy. It gets better every time. Yeah. It's great for like cold days it's great if you just had a bad day in general like, yeah at any level it's just like yeah it's you'll feel better if you watch it it's a pretty powerful movie yeah that's why i watched it i was i wasn't i wasn't having a great day and uh popped that in late at night popped that in as in picked it on uh, amazon prime video but right. uh yeah and it's yeah it always it's it seems very sad and somber obviously but at the same point it's uplifting too. Yes, it's um, very uplifting. It's also it has like Cohen Brothers wit throughout it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's also one of my favorite movies. So uh yeah, I'm glad we both picked it. <laughs> I, I figured we would. I figured we would. Uh, all right, so that was that was your number three? Yeah, so I guess you should do your number three. All right, I guess I should. My number three. <laughs> um I had to include something from him. Um, just as, uh, I guess a movie, movie fan, but it's, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, John Williams. John Williams. So you went with that one instead of, uh, John Williams's Star Wars score. I did. And this is, it was tough because I love the Star Wars score. Obviously I also love, um, I love the theme from Jurassic Park, but overall I, Star Wars has become such a huge, thing that i don't even always associate star wars music with star wars you know you're yeah. at any you're at any sporting event and they're announcing like the opposing team <laughs> or something and you hear uh you hear what the imperial march or something yeah um, i'm sure so it's it's just used so much not even just in pop culture but just in uh Commercialism you know, everyday life everything. commercialism yeah. yes so I just hear it so much that I don't always even associate it with Star yeah. Wars. It's hard. You um, have to watch like the original Star Wars and like black and block out the world and then mm-hmm. you'll remember how great it is and why it is. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, very adventury, very yeah. adventury score. Yeah, I've I feel like John Williams is like the he's obviously the king of like the blockbuster movie theme. Definitely. Um and I feel like this is like the golden age of that. And uh Yeah. Yeah, Raise the Lost Ark, obviously the theme is so amazing. Um and just really makes you feel like you're going on an adventure. But uh there's also um other themes throughout. I think it's called like Marion's theme or something, but it's um 
it gives this mysterious tone to it mm-hmm. that um you know it's not just this action packed um you know blockbuster adventure movie that there's also these you know um themes that really fit the setting of it too yeah um definitely and uh yeah no it's just one that i also i'll listen to every now and then and uh yeah i like i light up when i when i see it on tv or something <laughs> and, and hear the hear the music yeah it's um, impossible not yeah. to even if you're gonna be like oh that's that's cheesy look at this indiana jones yeah. thing going on <laughs> like you, you'll still be like I think I'm gonna. <laughs> you just start smiling out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good that you recognize the blockbuster scores because I yep. don't think I did really. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like yeah, like gotta pick one from this era. Like he did Jaws, I think, a few years before that. Yeah. Um, was just all over the place, and it's kind of where yeah, it's like a moment where like the blockbuster as well as the blockbuster score was invented. True. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's obviously he's the the godfather of it all um in a way everyone knows john williams scores and um yeah i i I, i'm dying over here i felt like i had to include him on here just because something from him obviously because of i guess his status and Mm that's um and then just in like film history in general and raiders of the lost ark is one of my favorite movies too um and yeah, it, it just it brings back those those memories of being a kid and seeing you know Indiana Jones on the screen, or mm-hmm. you know same with watching Star Wars and um, just watching that. Yeah, a lot John as a kid, Williams so. was our was our childhood for the most yeah. part. Home, he did Home Alone for heaven's sakes. Home Alone, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Anything from from our generation, generation before us, um, you know, there's always a John Williams score that uh, is going to resonate with someone. So. Yeah, that's my number three, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice. All right, moving on to number two then. Numero dos. Uh, my number two is um, actually, <coughs> I I said that I wasn't giving much love to blockbuster scores, but I did at my number two. Um, it's the score of Mission Impossible Fallout by um, nice. Lorne Balf. Lauren Balf. When you were when you were about to say it, I was like, "Oh, I've probably heard of this name." And then I was like, "Nope." I mean, I was just I was just trying not to say it wrong. I hate I hate it when you don't know how to say a last name. But um, (laughs) yeah, I believe that's a woman. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find the Lauren Balf. This is like the first is, composer. I think it's a, it's a man. It's a man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Then I won't like mess up her pronoun the entire podcast. Yeah. The, I think the only Lauren I know is Lauren Michaels. <laughs> but yeah, now this is Lauren the first Balf composer too. we have who we like don't really clearly know of at first. But I did yeah. look up his stuff earlier today and he has just been he actually did the score for a uh, hurricane heist <laughs> <laughs> wow that's what i the Isn't only thing that, i really remember from that cr- is the score yeah yeah <laughs> he did the court score of geostorm geostorm of, um, yeah uh he, 13 hours the michael bay flick um, 12 strong another another yeah. number movie terminator <laughs> terminator genesis 
a Manny Pacquiao movie. Lego Batman um, movie. Penguin. He's done a ton. Yeah, done a lot. Yeah, just a very active. And, um, well, those all sound great. But anyways, the score, of, <laughs> it can't be anywhere near the score of Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes. That is like, I have raved about it on this uh, podcast quite a bit on how much I just love that movie. And well I deserved, also, yeah. the score is just one I can re-listen to constantly. It's like a perfect focus pump-up score. Um, it's, got, <laughs> it's got that, like, like the movie in general just has an unmatchable energy to it for me. And I think mm-hmm. just the, the score that plays throughout plays a big part in that. Um, I love how it plays on the original mission possible theme that everyone knows but it kind of adds like a more hans zimmery like you know just with that constant beat going the whole time and um it, it where it just replays like in every transition to a new mission or a new set piece um yeah just it just keeps the intensity at a all-time level and it's also just like a classic high concept blockbuster score at the same time and yeah yeah like i love i love i could i I could re-listen to it every day to start my day and i think i would i'll become a very successful person if i do that (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah i uh if we're talking about iconic themes obviously mission impossible is uh, is one of those too right uh another one that every every single person knows yeah when it comes Um, to classic movie themes it's up there with halloween and star wars for sure yeah, yeah, and, and who, I'm, I'm kind of mad that I don't remember the the Fallout um, score so much, but I also I've been dying to watch it again. Yeah, since I ha- I haven't seen it since it was in the theaters last year, so I've been dying to watch it again. It's it's yeah, yeah it, it bangs, John. It bangs that <laughs> the Fallout <laughs> score. Who would think too that they would like really like nail a score on the seventh one to like yeah. like I mean. It, it it really does take a lot of just the original like uh the the note um the the notes of the original you know and it just it takes it and makes it to this more epic thing where it's almost saying like this movie is intense on a whole nother level than all of the other ones mm-hmm. which it is yeah yeah and i'm also thinking now it um i feel like it is very similar to the incredible score too as this old it's, school, it's, it's like, like yeah, it's like not as ja- it's not like as ja- it's not really jazzy. I would say, yeah, it's more mm-hmm. like it's more drummy and and stuff. But yeah, it's got like still. So they have that big band, yeah, sort of, yeah. Um, I guess version of it too. Definitely, but that's not the, not the main thing. But they have like a version of that too. Yeah, um, yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Uh, next time you watch it. <laughs> I I'm mean, gonna remember it'll the score. Be, this, the music will be in your face, anyways. But uh, yeah. make sure to For remember me, remember to check out the score when you watch it yeah. next time. <laughs> While you're watching the movie, remember to listen to. The yeah, movie. I mean, I I yeah. feel like I'm being kind of ballsy putting it at my number two, but at the same time, I do have confidence, like in just how much I like it. So. Yeah, I'm mad I didn't even think of about Mission Impossible in general. Like I watched for, Mission uh, Impossible Fallout on my birthday, for heaven's sakes. Because like, <laughs> I, yeah. I wanted a guaranteed fun experience. 
For me, his best work is still Hurricane Heist, but uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> until I've, follow until I've rewatched, yeah. I'll have to take your word for it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do a top ten, Lauren Barf <laughs> or whatever his name is. Balf. Balf. Yeah, not Barf. Um, yeah, Mission <laughs> Impossible Fallout. There we go. All right, and now my number two. Yeah, number two. Uh, okay, this one I had to include a score from this man because um, he's uh, he's scored a lot of my favorite movies too, and I almost went with one because it's super iconic, and um, and it's definitely one of the regarded as one of the best scores of all time. But I went with a different one because I think it's just my favorite, and that's Vertigo. Oh, Vertigo by uh, Bernard Herrmann, Hitchcock yeah. movie. Um, Bernard Herrmann is known as one of the greatest composers yeah. ever as well. So. And he's also done Psycho and North by Northwest. Yeah, got to give him love. He did Taxi also, Driver. Also, my favorite. Who Taxi I, Driver, I considered yeah. putting Taxi Driver on this list. That was Yeah, that was on my short list, actually, too. Um, yeah, so I think he's definitely one that, to highlight, too, he's more like an older, um, older generation composer for films, so he's not as much of a... While he's a hugely influential composer, he's not as big of a name now. Um, but yeah, I almost went with Psycho, which I mentioned before when I said Halloween is one of the top two horror movie Psycho's scores. the other one. I think Psycho I and agree. Halloween are, are the two best. I would agree, exactly. Um, and those are so memorable and just associated with horror in general, too. And um, and uh, Psycho, I, I think... Uh, maybe Psycho is his is his best work in terms of um, just the uniqueness and um, and creativity of um, you know creating a horror movie score like that. And there wasn't really much like it in in its time. But uh, but Vertigo does it for me. That's um, I think is Hitchcock's best work probably. And I think because um, I think it, it encapsulates Hitchcock's um, just who Hitchcock was as a filmmaker in general is, you know, what vertigo is. And mm. I think the score fits it perfectly, giving this suspenseful mis- mystery and tense um, score throughout that it's impossible to not just be um, engrossed in, in vertigo while you're watching it, in my opinion. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just one that, um, I think I just like the I like the music overall too. I think it's just a perfect sort of mystery score. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually don't remember the score of Vertigo because I've only seen the film mm-hmm. once, but I do remember feeling very tense, especially at the end as <laughs> J- as Jimmy Stewart is walking up the clock tower, and I remember the yeah. music there being very tense, and that's like one of the most tense moments in cinema, and yeah. one of the most complex character moments in cinema. Um, yeah, Vertigo is definitely one I just got to rewatch again because it's, it's like, it's known by like cinephiles, like like the cinephile like best movie of all time is p- probably Vertigo, like the populist yeah. cinephile choice, and so I just got to mm-hmm. watch it again for that aspect. And yeah, I'm sure if if it's considered the best film of all time, the scores got to be pretty good as well too. Yeah, and, and on some level at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was wondering if you're going to put a Hitchcock one up there, considering definitely you're yeah. such a Hitchcock guy. Yeah, and uh, it's really just you know Hitchcock kind of got me more into wanting to. I saw these Hitchcock movies and I was like, oh my god, like 
these old movies, they're not like dull and boring. They're actually like pretty fun and interesting and, and good. So I wanted to go back and watch uh, a lot of classic movies after diving into Hitchcock. And, and yeah, it's just, it's definitely my favorite of, um, you know, of the, the three big ones that he's done, Psycho, North by Northwest and Vertigo, three big Hitchcock ones. Um, and I did just see North by Northwest in the theater recently and the, just hearing the score in, that in must the been theater, great. that really enhanced the experience too. That was awesome. But uh, yeah, I always go back to Vertigo because there's even scenes in Vertigo where it's not like, you know, it doesn't um, seem like a super tense scene. There's just dialogue between two characters. Um, but it's when you really, when you get to the twist at the end and um, really just figure out what the, what, you know, what is going on in this film and who, who's pulling what strings, um, just that tense mystery tone mm-hmm. throughout even these minor scenes really adds a lot to it i think um so yeah that's my number two nice bernard herman get him on the list bernard herman the hermster so, so we're at number one now we're at number one the wow. number one score of all, all right so time. mine is a little uh, it's a little rule break in what i did in a number of ways um, okay because mine is twin peaks and now mm. one of the reasons why this is a rule breaking is because I'm not even like saying which part of Twin Peaks. Um, I'm not saying the original. I'm not saying Firewalk with Me. I'm not saying the Return. I'm just saying all of it. And so, and so, some people would def- <laughs> some people would argue that the Return is basically just an 18 hour film, but it is mm-hmm. it is kind of still in like it's it was released as technically a TV show and the original Twin Peaks series is a TV show. So I'm kind of doing some TV stuff here as well, but Mm -hmm. it is, but but like fire walk with me and the return are they, you could definitely just argue that that is cinema and David Mm -hmm. Lynch is clearly a cinema mind. So I figured that I could squeeze this in there and get away with it. Yeah. I think that works. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Because there's Twin that's, Peaks Firewalk. See, that's what too. I yeah. thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all, so it also has some soundtrack elements in it because The Return has a soundtrack. There's there's this kind of thing in The Return um, where at the end of every episode, you watch a show, a live music performance at the Bang Bang Room, the Bang Bang Bar. Not <laughs> the Bang Bang Room, it's like the Bang Bang Bar. And yeah, it's like a different musical artist just basically comes and gives like a great performance and, and kind of ends the episode that way. And that was definitely one of just my, my favorite parts of watching the return is at the end you get like serenaded with like a great modern musical artist. Um, mm-hmm. So that like that soundtrack just alone is just phenomenal. Like I own the, I own the, uh, I own it on vinyl and nice. I, re- I re-listen to it a lot. And so other than that, though, like the score um, by Angelo Badalamente and Julie Cruz um, in just the Twin Peaks, the series, tw- Twin Twin Peaks Firewalk with me and Twin Peaks The Return is just re- incredible for me, um, just in how it's beautiful and terrifying at the same time. 
and weird at the same time. Ooh, so weird. And that's yeah. what I just like. That's what Twin Peaks is to me. It's about like just that unknown like horror and um, beauty that you're just trying to figure out constantly as you dive down this rabbit hole. And I and like it is like because a lot of times in Twin Peaks you're just trying to figure out what's going on. And it's really yeah. and it's really hard. <laughs> yes, it's really yes. hard, especially in the first run. So like, like there's so many things to keep you in it though, and like, like the top of the list for me was the music and how just beautiful it was. Like I listened to it so many times when I wasn't watching it. Um, mm-hmm. Just like the jazzy, goofy, horrifyingness of it, like and. <laughs> just yeah there's and there's just so many musical moments like like in the original series too especially which are just great um you i can't even you can't even like remember all of them um yeah yeah well if that doesn't motivate you (laughs) to finish twin peaks (laughs) i know i'm right and i'm still in the middle of my twin peaks journey right now i'm i still i'm planning on finishing the series and then watching firewalk with me um yeah so yeah but i i definitely i i see everything you're saying because that's uh it is so weird yeah it stands so it twin stands peaks, out you know? just so right away you know like it's especially so when peaks, the the, yeah. the theme song you know it's like mm-hmm. that's like one of those beautiful theme songs like ever you know and i i i love so many television theme songs yeah but like <laughs> what that one just blows them all away for me because it's i don't it's just the best to me <laughs> And it's so funny reading, uh, before I started, I started reading some Twin Peaks reviews and it's so funny reading people's reviews because they see, like they hear the theme and they see sort of the style of it and they think it's going to be one thing. And I, and I just feel like it's completely different than what it seems. If you don't know anything about it going yeah, into it. There's no way to I, like expect where you're going in Twin Peaks. And yeah, it doesn't, and it doesn't think, let you expect anything either. Yeah. Because I've seen people give it bad reviews and say that it's like they think it's just like a shitty soap opera or something, but they're just kind of seeing it for like what it's on um, the surface. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a great pick. Nice. Great. Yeah. Twin Peaks, so the number we'll... one score of all time. Yes. <laughs> I guess we'll get to your number one now after we'll this take a quick commercial break. break. Yeah. It's my number one. In the I move cannot on to wait. Soundtracks. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, we're back, and, uh, and apologies if there's any uh, any sound difference in sound quality from our previous break, but uh, we've gotten that it. fixed now. We've gotten it fixed, and uh, yeah, now we're we're moving on to my number one score, and then we're gonna jump into the top five soundtracks. So I'm just gonna go ahead, go right ahead, and say it. Um, I think I've probably teased this a little bit in previous episodes we've done, but my favorite score of all time is The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Sergio <laughs> Sergio Leone film, Ennio Morricone. Bringing it back. And and it's, yeah, it's the clear number one. This was the easiest pick for me um, because uh, I don't think anything for me just says enough about the, I don't know, the weight of the film and just the how it's easily associated with just the Western genre in general. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those that I, I listen to all the time. Um, it, it 
it fires me up. It's, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's so cool too. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely like a fan, like a fanboy pick. Yeah. I just, um, good net bed and the ugly is one of my favorite movies too. And, um, just the, the main theme with, uh, you know, the, yeah, that's, I swear, like anyone knows that and there's, Plenty of people who know that have no idea that. I it's, feel like it's I've heard that good, used as sport at sports games before. True, like at a Bulls yeah, game maybe, or something. Like, da-da-da, da-da-da. like maybe I should have Noah it, yeah. with the foul. It's like, yeah, know, he, he used to like do that. that uh, he used to do that celebration, putting the guns in the holsters. Yeah, that's uh, that would have worked so well. Oh my god. Yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely the, I, the main theme. I guess I, you know. Maybe I'm a hypocrite by not picking Star Wars for this this reason, and um, and also picking the good, the bad, the ugly. But yeah, I just it's people know that and just think like, oh, this is from you know if they you know have never seen a movie in their life, they're like, oh, this is from a Western movie for sure. This is like a Western, yes. You know? And just I see a tumbleweed blow across the road, and, and that's what you I'm, think. Yeah, <laughs> in my mind, I just think that. Yeah, um, I think anyone can just visualize the uh, you know two people just staring at each other for a duel um, we should listen to that like song like next time we go hiking or something we should exactly, listen to the yeah. good the bad and the ugly score i think it would work very well when you're when you're on a hike and you're looking at this you know this mountain range or this desert with yeah um some plateaus or whatever you want mm-hmm. um, that's uh yeah it's it's just yeah, the best in my in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, and the, not even the, not even just the theme though. Also, uh, my favorite song from the whole entire score is "The Ecstasy of Gold," which is you know the very the very end of the movie. You know, there's always a great standoff mm. at the end of one of these spaghetti westerns, and um, and just concluding the film yeah, on that "Ecstasy song of really, Gold." I like how it builds up so much and. Yeah, that's one. The yeah. one that's the one I always listen to if I listen to something from the Good, the Bad, the Ugly soundtrack. It's yep. always that one. That's the, yeah, that's the best one, and yeah, it, it gets me fired up. Um, I actually used to, um, I used to like ride my bike and work out to this soundtrack, and whenever XC of Gold would come on, that would like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> push up that barbell, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, that was the yeah easiest pick for me. Yeah. I definitely I mentioned before in, a, in an earlier podcast that um, I probably could have picked this fistful of dollars for a few dollars more as some of my top five favorite scores, um, but I, I just had to stick with one Morricone. This is this is definitely the best one. Yeah. Uh, for me, so the good, the bad, and the yeah. ugly is definitely a movie you go to listen to. Yeah, that's for sure. Just during those mm-hmm. standoffs, just listening to the score build is just part of it. Yeah, iconic, and uh, and like your number one pick, I also have this on vinyl and listen to that too. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, oh, that's a great, that's a good thing we share with our number ones. There we go. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's vinyls coming back, and uh, it's not just for you know old records and everything. It's also old old soundtracks. They sound they sound just as good. So. Yeah, good, the bad, the ugly. That's the uh, the number one sound or number one score for me. And uh, and now we'll move on to soundtracks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's transition so, 
Yeah. Yes. Here's our non-musical transition into soundtracks. I guess the difference between scores and soundtracks is soundtracks are a lot of times the music is. Yeah, it's been. It wasn't the music wasn't created for the film. It was. Yeah, it was in in a way picked and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I f- forget what the other word is for it, but uh, yeah, you get licensed, you get the picture. They had to like license pay licensing yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah, I had to look into this because, like, as a as in like a, an aspiring screenwriter, I've like written songs into scenes I've written. It was like one of the first things I ever did when I started writing mm-hmm. screenplays, and so I would think like what would I have to do to even get this song specifically in this scene that I want? And then, you know, you uh-huh. look up and you have to pay so much money and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, picking songs for a film is an art in its own right, just like uh, scoring True. a film. Yeah, I've always liked just picking songs for things just yeah. in general, like that goes with a piece of imagery. I've had this conversation with other people too. I feel like a lot of people, including myself, they hear a song and they sort of picture in their head. Like if they, if I made a movie, like I would start the movie with this song. Like yeah. this would be the big song right in the beginning or yeah. like in some sort of scene I would, you know, I don't know. I, I visualize what's, uh, um, yeah, like a scene that goes along with whatever movie I'm listening to. Definitely. Um, yeah. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people do that. Um, do that when they just listen to music in general too. So yeah you want to start us off with your number five all right my number five is easy rider easy rider all right um this is yeah this is a definitely like music plays such a prevalent thing in easy rider because a lot of it there's not even like that much of different things going on in this movie a lot of it is just those classic scenes of them riding their bikes down the down the american (laughs) southwest and like there's just kind of a new like new song that plays that kind of meshes with the counterculture that easy riders trying to uh create and so that's definitely what i like about the most is just how it was like one of the first it was like such a um big anti-authority movie at the time and it was also one of the first movies to ever use uh, rock and roll in it. And mm-hmm. like, it also used very counterculture rock and roll. And so it, it like did that at the, so it was huge for that at the same time. It just, because then like movies in the seventies after all had like rock and roll in it throughout, you know, and movies yeah. forever did. Um, but I think at the time it was like that rock and roll in movies wasn't seen because rock and roll was more of the new thing on the block, the new the young people think cool things. So I don't think it was seen as much to be put in movies, but um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I love this soundtrack. I re-listen to it all the time. It, if you're ever on the road, it goes way too well with driving. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Got Jimmy, you got Jimi Hendrix in it. Steppenwolf, the birds, mm. um, all right, yeah, and like I said, I'm not too familiar <laughs> with the Easy Rider soundtrack. But oh, okay. Yeah, this is news to you, I know, but uh, I feel like it would be great road trip music, good rock and roll. Um, yeah, it's got uh, yeah the Pusher by Steppenwolf, Born to Be Wild by Steppenwolf. 
Nice. I wasn't born to follow by the birds. It's got if six was nine by Jimi Hendrix. Um, yeah, it's it's got a lot of good like it's got a lot of good uh, marijuana songs and like songs <laughs> about peace and like just a lot. It, it really like uh, the soundtrack really like uh, encapsulates the culture back then very well, as does this mm-hmm. movie. Um, I definitely don't think the movie would be as like powerful like as it was for the time if it wasn't for the soundtrack so mm-hmm. yeah yeah and plus i do i really i listen to it like a lot like that and that's how i went with picking these more so it's just like how much i type in on spotify this soundtrack that's score you know and easy nice. riser is definitely up there yeah that just sounds like all those names you listed seven wolf and Jimi hendrix Obviously, that's uh, those are going to be add to a great soundtrack. So nice, Easy Rider. Yep. All right, then. Uh, then my number five is The Graduate. Okay, nice. And yeah, it's similar uh, era movie. Uh, right. Yeah. A lot of sure. scores were like that back then, where they replayed that same song over and over again. You know. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Hell yeah! yeah. I like The Graduate. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, I'm a big, uh, big Paul Simon fan, so. Yeah, definitely. It really, uh, I mean, that's, I, the, one of the biggest reasons why I picked it, but, um, yeah, also, I mean, the themes of the movie, it's, the uh, you know, Simon and Garfunkel songs, like Sound of Silence and, um, Scarborough Fair, other, other songs of theirs that are included in this are so much, like, tied together with The Graduate. Um, you know, even nowadays, and uh, even if you listen to you know Simon and Garfunkel on Spotify, you know they'll take the song from the Graduate movie soundtrack too. So um, yeah, it's um, I guess it resonates with me too because I really started to become a Paul Simon fan when I was graduating college. I know this is um, graduating high school for the graduate, but <clears throat> it's kind of it, it resonated with me because it's the same sort of feelings I got of graduating college i have no idea really what i want to do still right. don't right and that, um, that innocence and ignorance right. to the world yeah and those and like simon and garfunkel paul simon those songs really were were songs that i was really getting into at that uh at that point in time in my life so um yeah they really illustrate like uh his character in the film as well yeah yeah <clears throat> Hmm, yeah so that's uh yeah i don't know much else to say about it a lot of it is just because i love paul simon but uh yeah and i and i think it it fits the theme in the movie so well and fits his character what he goes through and for that time period simon and garfunkel were obviously huge and um yeah it's another i feel like there's more simon and garfunkel songs that like like scores that I've heard from the seventies that are very similar that they did. I just can't think of them yeah. right now. Like I'm blank. <clears throat> like just be perfect examples to bring up. And I don't. Have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the sound of silence is always um, tied in together with that movie. And now the sound of silence has become such like a, a meme song in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. But in that movie, <laughs> it does work just so well. I think mm-hmm. it's just probably cause that movie has been spoofed a ton of times definitely yeah Mm -hmm. uh yeah so that's my my number five the graduates all right my number four is dazed and confused 
Dazed and Confused, nice. That was yeah. that was one of my honorable mentions. Oh, nice. We should, leave off. Yeah. we should. I don't know if we ever did honorable mentions for scores, but whatever. Oh yeah. Hey, at the end we'll do we'll do that. Yeah. For both. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I have soundtrack ones too. But yeah, Dazed and Confused, I had to have on there because it's like, it's similar to other scores I really like. Where I mean, soundtracks I really like where <laughs> there's a new song entering where when you enter every room in the movie or or when a new scene starts in the movie and it's just one of those soundtracks where it just kind of is like you know it's like kind of like the movie's saying come join the party have fun you know yeah. uh, and and like <laughs> yeah. and when you and when you watch it over and over again you start you know you know the songs and then you can like not sing along but you know you jam out to the song yeah. and like you get used to it with that specific scene and Dazed and Confused is one of those where, like, the song that goes with each scene for me is just, like, a religion, you know? And it's, like, mm-hmm. that's how the party goes is with all these, like, dad rock songs that <laughs> <laughs> that is filled with Dazed and Confused. And it, it, they all work really well for just the the youthful high school feeling that that movie has. And it's also, you know, it is also one of my favorite movies. But I think it is also just, it's one of those movies that has, like, an obviously good soundtrack because there are mm-hmm. so many songs that are just easy to like and get down with, you know? Yeah. It's so likable. Yeah. And something that I really enjoyed watching is just like transitioning to a new scene and just whatever song was playing too. It's yeah. just like, all right, yeah, I'm ready for what's, what's happening. And also next. It's like school's it's... out for yeah. the summer. And that's just like, no more mr nice guy <laughs> it's just like over and over again yeah yeah and the whole movie is you it, know a day in the life of you know high schoolers yeah right after you know school is out and the songs almost felt um yeah it was almost like when you're a high schooler you're like okay like what's next like you don't have any big plans for the summer you just kind of do whatever with your friends and that, it almost mm-hmm. felt like that too it's like all right you know what's what's happening next in this next scene like oh i like this exactly yeah, I like and, what we're getting into. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a hangout movie for mainly too. So yeah. like the songs are very prevalent, you know, to setting the, the mood for the hangout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I realized the the word I was looking for when it comes to like coming up with a soundtrack before is curated. Yes. So it's like, I feel like the, the soundtrack was curated so well for uh-huh. days and confused to fit the era, fit the the mood and mm-hmm. just the, definitely the whole narrative of um you know all these uh all these high school kids yeah so good i love days of confused yeah yeah nice then uh number four should we move on to you. my number four yeah. so it's kind of coincidental because we did these two movies together um for uh yeah after we did our top 10 we did these two movies which are each in our top 10 days and confused and then oh brother where art thou which oh, is yes. my number four. Yeah, we did those in yeah. a uh, in a podcast one time. It was one of our first podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Right after our top ten, we did that because uh, each of these are in our top ten. For Luke, it was Days and Confused. Me, oh brother, who art thou? Uh, and I know it wasn't one of your favorite Coen Brothers movies, um, but this is this is for sure. This is one of my favorite Coen movies, and uh, the big reason is because of the soundtrack yeah it's hard to deny how good the music is in that in this movie Mm -hmm. it's almost like a a musical too there's so many yeah definitely um you know whether it's you know the sirens song or uh even 
um, just all the people singing these old timey songs that um, when I, if I would just hear them out of context, I'd be like, Oh my God, like you are my sunshine. Like, <laughs> God, that's such an annoying song to yeah. listen to. But, but when I hear it in the context of uh, the movie, uh, I think it's so much better. And yeah, it's all gospel and old time America, yeah. spiritual and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, uh, that's and one then, of the things I respected about the movie a lot is just mm-hmm. that tone it set with that, with that direction. And I love the, uh, the main song throughout it. Uh, man of constant sorrow. Uh, I just love that as a song mm-hmm. in general, you know, whether or not it was even, uh, you know, in, in this movie, I think I would still really enjoy it as a song. This old, this is really like Western country, um, folksy, bluesy music from back in the day like mm-hmm. that. Um, and uh, yeah, this one was kind of, I guess, toying the line with scores and soundtracks. It's definitely more of a soundtrack because it takes these older songs and yeah, um, you know, fits them to the movie. I didn't even too. think about this. Is this does blunt toe the line? Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. think about it. And uh, yeah, and, and Man of Constant Sorrow, I guess, is uh, it's just sort of a, sh- a street song in a way from back in the day. Mm. I guess I'd call it a street song as in a lot of different guys from back in the day, like Robert, uh, I think Robert Johnson. Um, yeah, who's, yeah. Who was told he sold his soul to the devil for his uh, musical talents or whatever. Like there's these really old versions of, of the song. Um, and I think they, they did it so well to sort of modernize it and have it fit with um, the air and the movie too. So uh, yeah, Brother Art though. That's uh, my number four. Nice. Well, isn't that like one of the most top, the top like oh, sold yeah. scores ever or soundtracks I felt like ever? We, I felt like we I talked, we about, talked that about, about that when we did that, the podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the highest selling movie soundtracks mm. um, for sure. Nice. Um, probably right up there with Space Jam and Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, good pick. Yeah. Well, well, well my next one is Shrek. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> my next one is Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers, nice. I don't remember this this soundtrack very well. It's like the, it's, it's like... all Skrillexy. It's got all the, oh, okay, it, yeah. the Skrillex mm-hmm. song plays over and over again. And um, so the, the, the slow motion shots. Yeah, going, you know, right? nah, 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 <laughs> that like it's, it happens over and over again. And then um, there's like a bunch of Gucci Mane in the movie. Gucci Mane mm. is also in the movie. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, and he, he's got like yeah, he's got a couple songs. And then there's the scene where James Franco and the girls sing uh, that Britney Spears song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this, I went with this, not only, like, I would probably, it'd be hard to just keep it off, mainly because, like, the movie is so much about, like, the the music that sets the tone for the hedonistic atmosphere that it has. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that, that Skrillex song just kind of plays on repeat, and it becomes just you just seeing these images flying at you and, like, and and just it becomes like a sound it becomes like a soundtrack and it's like for its own movie um yeah yeah, and and like i a lot of the movies i picked for this um are all rock and roll soundtracks and so (laughs) i wanted to do something different something more modern and so i figured i'd just like pick one of the most modern soundtracks from like 
one of the most modern movies <laughs> that there is, mm-hmm. which is Spring Breakers. Um, yeah, when when like when Gucci Mane comes on and James Franco is just in the car driving and talking about how he gets money, I just like that <laughs> makes me so happy and la- and just makes me <laughs> laugh every time on how crazy it is uh-huh. um, and how it's just so absurd and but at the same time like fits like our current culture so well for sure yeah um yeah and i just and i love it when they all sing like when they all sing uh every time by britney spears on james franco's piano on his pool i think that's just like one of my favorite scenes in cinema um so yeah i had to put this on there not just because it it is so much about music this movie but it's also just variety's sake you know because i i am a big fan of modern music not just classic rock so i so (laughs) because that is what most of these are yeah i think uh i feel like the spring breakers soundtrack is a good fit for like 2010 spring break yeah or 2011 whenever it came out this perfect for um that point in time and yeah yeah especially with skrillex i can picture that all now Mm -hmm. that yeah that's uh yeah great pick all right and my number three is uh, all of these are like uh, we're in like our top ten movies too. Uh, yeah, my number that's three what I'm is, going with. Yeah, the the sting. All right, yeah, that's and, a top ten as well. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the sting. This isn't one I would really listen to. Um, I guess I wouldn't say that. There's some songs from the soundtrack that um, definitely are enjoyable and everything, but it's not necessarily one that i would listen to while not watching the movie gotcha obviously um it's a lot of this ragtime music which uh is really i don't know it's just so unique to the movie and it just sets the tone throughout the whole thing because it is well it's this you know heist um con man movie it's also it doesn't take itself very seriously too and it's uh and it's kind of goofy and the ragtime music just really enhances that makes it it's just clear that this is a goofier movie it's not like um you know some they're not taking it super seriously like okay how can we con this guy (laughs) it's you know yeah um it's like pink panther ish yeah for sure okay cool and george roy hill like the other movie he had with paul newman and robert redford butch cassidy there's Mm. also songs like this in there um that it doesn't really seem to fit when the movie, A, when the movie was made, two, when the movie is set. Okay. Because uh, Ragtime was still like late 1800s and this thing is, you know, 1930s. Um, but it just, uh, yeah, it just fits so well. And this thing, it takes you through like the different steps of uh, of the film and um, each having this sort of... Yeah, I don't know why. It just really... Um yeah, it just makes me uh makes me love the movie even more. Yeah. Uh and it just yeah, it's just it's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely one <laughs> movies I s- are fun. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely one I still need to check out the sting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and it's weird at first. When I first saw it, I was like, well, this is like why is this music being played for all this? And, uh, it's just goofy, but then, it grows then as on you're watching you a lot. it fits. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sounds fun. Yeah, Yeah, that's my number three. Then we're on to the number twos. All right. Well, my number two is 
another very old time rock and roll. Not very old time; it's more eighties, but it's an mm-hmm. Adventureland. Oh, nice! Yeah, another one in my top ten movies list. Um, yeah, Adventureland is a movie that really grew on me in my early twenties, and I'm still like. Even though I'm 25, I feel like I'm in my early 20s still, and so I'm still obsessed with Adventureland. Um, and yeah, Adventureland just has one of those soundtracks that not only you is has so many good songs that you can re-listen to it over and over again, but also they just each song goes really well with the movie where it puts you into like the emotion and like complex feelings that the character is currently having. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I just like it for that on just from the fact that I like the movie so much. Um, yeah, it's got like the Velvet and Underground in there. It's got um, Lou Reed um, on on there. It's got like it's yeah, it's like more later rock and roll stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's a big thing in the movie where Ryan Reynolds says he always says he played with Lou, Lou Reed. So he like says satellite of love wrong like he says like shed a light of love or something and then he corrects him on it and then they play uh-huh. satellite of love really loud after and it's, just, <laughs> and it's like a great moment for the characters yeah yeah just had to pick this one it's a very personal favorite soundtrack um mm-hmm. and just movie and also a great summer movie considering the fact that we are in the middle of summer it's great to watch at the beginning or the Usually the beginning of the summer. It's very good for the beginning of the summer. Awesome. Yeah, it's making me want to rewatch it. I haven't seen Adventureland in a long time. Yeah. But uh yeah, so I don't remember the soundtrack too much, but I definitely I just love the uh the feel of that, that it's this old uh old like amusement park. Right. And back in the day. And yeah. I can I can imagine the soundtrack is it's very good. Yeah, it's a lot and of obviously Lou Reed Velvet Underground. That's gonna be good. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely you should rewatch it. Nice. All right. Uh, then my number two, we probably don't have to talk about it too much since we already did, but it's Inside, Inside Lou and Davis. Davis. All right, yeah. cool. <laughs> well, just, we can yeah. just uh, acknowledge it. <laughs> yes, acknowledge it again. It's a it toes Acknow- line with both. Once it's, again, acknowledge its greatness. <laughs> it's one that we both obviously really like and uh, or love. And uh, yeah, can listen to the music all the time and that's yeah that's pretty much it you get the picture <laughs> then uh, we can uh, fare thee well we move to number one fare thee well inside lewin davis we'll move on to to number one these are the greatest soundtracks ever made all so, right i guess i'm going again in. huh yeah yeah you're going again right away my number one is also my favorite movie it's boogie nights boogie nights nice um because boogie nights just has the funnest soundtrack that there is with all the funk and soul that it's got. Um, it starts you off immediately in that like eighties club scene where it plays like best of my love. Um, <laughs> and it, yeah, it's just immediately, it's one of the reasons why the movie is just so rewatchable and fun for me. Not just cause like, it's like a, a funny fun movie, but it's also just cause the score, the soundtrack is so good. Um, like the sister Christian scene with, uh, yeah. it, it has like, that's one of my favorite musical moments in cinema. Um, and it, it's like dazed and confused to where like, there's a new song for every scene. And, and this one just works so well in hitting both like a, 
a fun and an emotional tone at other times uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, I could I could go on about Boogie Nights forever, you know. So yeah, I remember us talking about this soundtrack too when we were doing a top ten list, and I like I like it when movies use the soundtrack. Um, I guess with a purpose, it's not just like yeah this this song. This, I like this song. This is a good song. Let's throw it in this scene. Right. It's you know the songs fit fit each scene so well, and like you said, Sister Christian and everything. Um, yeah. So everything is. Um, there's a reason behind exactly picking each song for each yeah. scene. It's yeah, a, I think it's, Boogie Nights. Does Boogie that Nights really definitely well. has that like Mar- Martin Scorsese thing with its soundtrack, where there is so many different songs for every room, and like mm-hmm. just how the movies all cut together. And it, I don't, it just almost feel they. I don't know. They feel like they go so well, like they were conceived together almost. Definitely, yeah. Nice Boogie Nights. All right. Anything else to add to your to your number one pick? Uh, no. <laughs> All right, then we'll we'll move on to mine, and then we'll get to some honorable mentions. But uh, mine is also one that is in my top ten list, and um, both my number one pick for score and number one pick for soundtrack were pretty easy because it's the ones that I listen to the most, and um, I guess I have a really nostalgic. Uh, nostalgic feeling towards them especially this one and it's the blues brothers all right <laughs> yeah nice the so number the, one the, my number one yeah so blues brothers is one i can listen to constantly and never get tired of it um blues Bo- brothers is really like a musical and i guess yeah. it would almost be my favorite musical and uh the just not only is there amazing music through it throughout with just John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and their band, but also they've amazing cameos, uh, you know, Aretha Franklin, mm. um, Ray Charles, mm. James Brown. <laughs> 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 and each yeah. of these scenes, it's so, and you just see Aretha just takes over in her scene nice. and it just, yeah, it's, um, it's the epitome of just a feel good film um yeah for me. I, I feel and, like uh, i feel like the, yeah it's similar to boogie nights in just music genre and yeah, um mm-hmm. the just the feel-good atmosphere to it yeah and it's every just everything works so well for me it's i don't know i never get tired of of any of these and not just like the great cameos with um with these you know highly regarded um I guess showmen and musicians, singers of all time, but it's also just, yeah, the blues brothers in general. And they, you know, they have sweet home Chicago, give me some loving and they're, you know, the final, um, the final show they go to, um, the, the country Western bar <laughs> and they, they have to sing rawhide. Cause none of them like the, the bluesy soulful songs they're singing. Right. Um, so even that. So no, yeah, you're, it's good. A good pick. Yeah. You're showing love to, chicago as well yeah exactly yeah uh yeah i just can't get enough of it and it's um it was easily my number one pick um just like good the bad and the ugly for my my favorite score so uh so yeah that is uh that is it and obviously from our top 10 we had a ton of movies that we loved the scores and soundtracks of so that obviously shows here that's a that's a big part of our our movie taste i guess you could say is yeah, uh, the musical choices. I felt for, like we just talked films. so much about scores and soundtracks, but we could definitely like do this more, <laughs> even you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
For sure. And uh, yeah, the, like I said in the beginning too, this is one of the toughest things to pick because yeah, I know there's, there's so many to choose from and I just kind of had to go, uh, I've, we both had to mix it up a little bit mm-hmm. and just go with our favorites too. Yeah. So yeah. Just pick a favorite somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, honorable mentions for either that you, uh, that you want to throw out there, Luke? Yeah. So I went, I, I, I was, I wanted to pick both casino and Goodfellas. Mm. as a soundtrack mm-hmm. mention because those soundtracks are just so great and so re-listenable and I know every song but I didn't want to kick out like something like I don't know I didn't want to kick out any of the ones I currently had and I felt like it was very similar to just picking the Boogie Nights soundtrack just because those movies are it seemed that movie's very Boogie Nights is very Scorsese inspired mm-hmm. um and I didn't want to kick out Spring Breakers. I th- was thinking about it because, you know, but like I, I wanted to change up the musical genres and that would have been just Casino would be more <laughs> Rolling Stones and stuff like yeah. that. And even though, uh-huh. yeah, even though it is great. Um, and also School of Rock is another. Uh, I, that's one of my honorable mentions yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Because so that, that was one of the first soundtracks I ever owned as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like probably the first one ever because it was just made such a big impact on me. Yeah, in doing in doing research for this episode, I definitely watched a lot of School of Rock clips on uh, on YouTube. Nice. Too. Yeah, that's also a great one. Uh, Richard Linklater, he does yeah, he does well Richard with the Link- soundtracks. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. Everybody yeah. wants some has a good soundtrack as well. Everybody wants some. Yeah, I've seen that recently. Now another great one. Um, you can tell that's definitely. Um, something that ties into his uh, creative taste too. Yeah. Um, especially music just from that time period. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, some of my honorable mentions, like I mentioned, Days and Confused too. Um, also, Singing in the Rain. Oh, I nice. That's a, just another happy, feel Delight, good one. Delight. <laughs> Delightful, yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, another one for soundtracks is Big Lebowski. Oh, cool! I didn't want to include, cool. you know, all like I had two Coen Brothers yeah. movies in my top five soundtracks. I, I think they have great musical taste too. Yeah, I love I love the, the Man in Me at the Bowling Alley mm-hmm. needle drop yep. is great. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, when I first when I was looking up some of the you know the best soundtracks and everything, I saw Big Lebowski and I was like, oh yeah, that was great. And then like, what are what were some of the songs from that? And then I just see like the list, the song list. I'm like, oh yes, this scene. This yeah, in the bowling alley. Yeah. yeah, that should have been an honorable um, mention for me, probably as well. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then for scores, we talked about some of them too. I know you mentioned Blade Runner. That was one of my honorable oh, mentions yeah. too. Yeah, Blade Runner is definitely one. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to put it in there. Um, it is that important yeah. for me as a score, but I didn't want to kick any of the other ones out. Same. Yeah, that one came really close. Um. Yeah, another one is Magnificent Seven, um, and that's more so for the theme. It's such a great, um, <laughs> like, old Hollywood fun adventure theme, and uh, yeah, that's that's an honorable mention. I didn't want to include it in the top five because it really is just sort of the theme, and and that's it. And the rest of the movie, I don't really recognize the sound, the the score that much, but um, I think that's a great one. And I also mentioned Psycho, and. One from a mod- from modern day that really stuck with me after I saw it was Us. 
So I wanted to mention that one too. That just came out this year. I thought Us had a great soundtrack. Yeah. Oh. Too. Yeah. <laughs> just dong dong. Yeah, I thought it it fit the the tone of that movie well, and really added a lot to it. Seeing that in the theater, it felt like the whole theater was shaking. And um, yeah, yeah, those are those are my honorable mentions. Obviously, really difficult difficult choices, but yeah, those are our top picks. We did it. We did it. We finally did it. We've been talking about it a while, and oh yeah, uh, and who knows? Maybe we'll do another another score soundtrack themed episode coming up. Yeah, because um, that's obviously a huge talking point between us. We'll, um, we'll cook yeah. one up. We'll cook one up, and in the meantime, uh, let us know what are some of your favorite scores or soundtracks. If you have any, you can always email us of all the pods at gmail.com. Um, same with, of all the pods on social media and uh, yeah we'll be coming back at you very soon with uh, with another episode we will and everyone enjoy their summer enjoy your summer everybody watch Jaws Kirasawa 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 Kirasawa